So yeah, uh, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. Welcome, Orskel Diniz. Uh, I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And hopefully we don't sound as hectic or out of sorts as we did in our last episode. I think we yeah. got and our I'm, like routine down. <laughs> and I already, my Wi-Fi is way better than my sister. Yes. <laughs> so I, like my husband is on a Zoom right now. He's doing some training and I was like, not, I'm like not even worried about that it's going to affect yeah stuff. So should be good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm not home. I mean, I'm at my kind of second home, I guess, but I feel more organized today. So um, I like don't even know where to start. This episode <laughs> was, oh, it, there's so much. And honestly, we're probably going to miss stuff. You guys are probably going to be writing us in and be like, you didn't mention this or did you think about this? And we welcome it all. There's just no way we can possibly go over every yeah. thought and theory unless yeah. we wanted this episode to be like six hours long. So yeah, I will. There's, there's, there's a lot. Um, I will read through a couple things. I know a lot of you guys have sent stuff in and I've read all of it. I think I've even replied to most of you, if not all of you, because we love reading stuff. I just, I know I'm not going to be able to read all of it because, again, that would just take up the half the episode. Time. Right. But um, did you see, I know you, you're you working and stuff, so I know you're not like plugged in on social, but did you see the video I posted today? It's from Hande's Instagram story with Karem yes. singing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, I love that so much. Twitter's like blowing up because everyone's like she had to know what she was doing and posting that right like oh yeah girlfriend knew exactly what she was inciting <laughs> of course anyhow so you know i try not to speak speak too much to the whole shipping thing of the two of them of honda and karem but man even if they're just friends i freaking love their friendship i love their banter i love how they clearly get along and you know if that grows into something else then you know, we welcome it. Yeah, look, we just want people to be happy, okay? Exactly. <laughs> That's all this comes down to. And they seem to be very happy when they're hanging out, so. Yeah, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with a healthy fan, I, with a healthy ship. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know that it bothers some people, but I don't. I don't really see the big deal personally. It's like, how can you not kind of pair people up together? And it's not like we really know them personally. No. It's just like a fun thing for fans to do. So, and we like would never, nothing, yeah, we I would never tag them. Deal. Like, we would never no. tag them on social media like some people do. And honestly, I leave most of my excitement for the Facebook group because it's private. Yeah. I don't really even tweet that much kind of stuff just because you never know what they're going to come across. I mean, Somebody yeah. tweeted our mug and Karem saw it. So like, <laughs> right. And that was already like, oh my gosh, he saw that we have a mug with his face on it. So right. <laughs> um, anyhow, but I do want to read a couple of things before we start. They're not necessarily about this episode. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like when we get to certain parts, then um, we'll all read certain things that like you know, listeners have sent in. But okay. one I really liked was from a listener named Ircha. I asked her how to pronounce her name. She gave me two different ways. This one seemed the easiest. So I really hope I got it correct. Um, 
And she wrote in to us in the group, and I just thought this was very interesting because she said, so we all know that Yildiz means star. And I think the whole theory behind her last name maybe being originally something else or that she changed it could be right. But last night, I just couldn't fall asleep without thinking about Edda's first name. So I decided to Google the origin, and I found out that Edda means wealthy. And even in Old Norse mythology, Edda was the goddess of wealth. She says, so I wonder if it's just a coincidence or if they chose this name on purpose. And obviously with Aisha, we don't believe there are any coincidences. So no, I doubt I could I can almost guarantee that wasn't a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That room. Oh, wait, no. You know what? I'll get into it later. Okay. There was um, something else with that. Okay. But I'll get into it later. Okay. Sounds good. And then I, someone else um, on Twitter, Erica, she pointed out, um, she says, I don't know if you noticed, but Edda constantly wears jewelry and accessories that involve space. Her necklaces have stars on them. Her belt has has had a moon a few times. Um, so I just love that she pointed that out because now I started paying more attention to her wardrobe accessories. And mm. it's very true. She wears a lot of star and moon type jewelry. So, which of course, you know, excuse me, we know is clearly not a coincidence. Right. Um, everything else, I think I will, um, I think I'll get into as we get to the scenes that they're about. I don't want to read like too much ahead of time, but. Okay. Yeah. So I watched the, even though I didn't really have the time, I watched this episode with subs as soon as the subs were released on Wednesday night. Okay. And, but I didn't like take notes. I did just jot down some chicken scratch. I just wanted to watch it like for my own sake of watching it, not having to take notes for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And even so, like, I wrote down a bunch of stuff and then, like, went into even more detail as we watched it, as I watched it yesterday for the podcast. So, um, yeah. So I'm ready to dive in unless you've got anything else before we start. I don't think so. This, I didn't even bother to look, but this might be the most notes I've ever taken. I feel like I transcribed the entire episode Mm -hmm. while I was watching it. And I don't know if it's just because it was the first time, like, because of just time period, I haven't been watching, watching live and I've really only been watching it, watching all of our episodes once Mm -hmm. for the podcast. I just don't have the time to watch stuff multiple times right now. So, um, I always feel like I tend to take more notes when I'm Mm -hmm. just watching something one time through, but I don't know that I would have taken any less notes if this were my second or third time watching. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. I just counted. I have 11 pages of notes. Like, yeah. And I and just to put it in perspective for you guys, usually I have like five, maybe six for a total episode of something. Like, I mean, I write kind of big, but even so, like, I have almost double the amount of notes. <laughs> I have thirteen pages. <laughs> Dang! Ashley writes smaller than I do, you guys. So that's a lot of notes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I've been I've been trying to be better about skipping lines and not smashing everything together, but yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, we we need to get into it because obviously this is not going to be a short episode. <laughs> no. Okay, let's go. You want to pick up where we start where we left off? So, we leave off with the guitar moment, which mm-hmm. is wonderful, and I did not go back, but mm-hmm. 
how much we really just get the hug, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end, like not a ton of the hug, but we mm-hmm. get the hug, and then we see Celine, and that's kind of it at the end of the mm-hmm. previous episode, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I had to make sure because I was like, I was like, there's no way that I missed this. Because no, this this scene is way longer this time around than it was, and I I was I didn't go back and watch. Mm-hmm the last scene from episode six Mm -hmm. but i was like i'm like almost positive that this is way longer we for sure got more guitar playing time and i mostly mean the hug oh okay see and i noticed that there was more of them inside the building with him playing the guitar so okay um but i think you're right got more of everything huh we did because i clocked it the first four minutes of this episode is (laughs) zero dialogue that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I counted the intro, so mine says no dialogue for the first five minutes. Yeah, I I cut out the di- uh, the intro because I was like, well, I'll be accurate, I guess. But yeah, four minutes of no words being said. It is all just body language and uh-huh. and longing looks and like realizations and yeah. So it's it's crazy because. Their facial expressions say so much in this mm-hmm. scene because you can tell from the second that he's walking out of the building to them embracing all through the hug. Like when, first of all, when they're walking out of the building, he looks like he's about to cry. He does. And he looks very vulnerable and maybe for the first time, like unsure of himself. Like he just exposed a very raw nerve. And almost like now doesn't know what to do that he's done that with her. Yeah. Vulnerable is exactly the word that I used. And it you can really tell that she is going from really enjoying the moment. And she's really happy that he's shared this with her. And then you see realization dawn that she is kind of taken aback and I think that her feelings 100% hit her and she's completely overwhelmed. She's just totally shaken and you can tell mm-hmm. just by the expression on her face. So it's crazy because you have this this comparison mm-hmm. when they're switching from face to face. You can see he is, like you said, looking very vulnerable, looking like he's kind of happy with the situation and she on the other hand goes from being really happy and really excited to oh my gosh holy crap what's going on yep this is too much i'm not okay with this so that comparison is i, I loved it oh completely because literally four episodes ago after the um engagement party they shared mm-hmm probably one of their first, you know, intimate moments with the telescope and he loses his dang mind the next day and, you know, puts the distance between them, starts treating her differently because it freaked him out that he let himself get so close to someone even for a few minutes. And here, and I think I said this at the end of our last episode about this, it was funny to me because he looked very okay with the fact that he was realizing maybe how he felt. And she did not. And so – and one thing I wrote down on my very first watch where I wasn't really supposed to be taking notes, but I kind of did, was that the irony here is this entire show is all about this man who's closed off. 
He, nobody, you know, he's a robot, he's a steel wall, but he's the one revealing all the things about himself. And Mm -hmm. what has Edda revealed so far? Nothing. Other than her little story about Melo when they were kids that she shares with him. She has not talked about her parents. She has not, like, she, we don't, we still don't even know really what that star tattoo represents. Right. We only know she doesn't have a family. Right. I mean, that's all Sircon, Sircon knows too. Mm-hmm. And but, there isn't yeah. really anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's just crazy because it's a total role reversal in some mm-hmm. ways. But like you said, yeah, we're really finding out so, so, so much about him mm-hmm. and basically nothing about Edda. Yeah. And it's just funny because he's been the one portrayed as this like closed off, hard, you know, hearted, whatever. Right. Um, and she's like this, you know, loving, loyal person, which she is, but she's more closed off than he is, if you ask yeah. me. So mm-hmm. I just – I love that. Yeah. So uh, we – again, we see Celine, and she's obviously very shaken about this. Now, I am getting more mixed feelings about Celine these mm-hmm. days because – I'm starting to feel a little bit bad for her, only in the sense that Serkan is completely opening up to Edda after they've known each other for literally four weeks. This girl comes out of the woodwork out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. and he is being vulnerable. He's acting unlike he's ever acted before, supposedly, and Celine has known him since they were children mm-hmm. and he never ever ever acted this way with her so i can understand her mm-hmm. feeling upset about all of this and feeling like you know how long were they even together how long mm-hmm. have they known each other and he's never done anything like this with her so i i agree with you to the extent that if she wasn't in a relationship I'd be on board with you completely. Right. And yeah, and I'm not on Team Celine. Yeah, yeah. No, I know <laughs> like, that. I know that. But I feel like it's a good portrayal of people and she's becoming more complex of a character. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I don't I, I like that she's not just this one dimensional, oh, you know, she's still in love with Sarah Khan, blah, blah, blah. Like it's like Polen. Like Polen was very one dimensional. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she was just there kind of to be a villain, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like, Celine obviously wants Serkan to be happy. Mm-hmm. She did – when the whole leak happened with the contract, she is upset about that because she does obviously wants him to succeed. She's connected with his family. There's all this different stuff. So I, I just appreciate that. She's not just a one-dimensional character. And I think that many people – I think I'm also feeling a little empathetic for her because I feel like most people have had an experience where they have feelings for someone that they probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's – and they're yeah. trying – you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. I think you and I can both say we've been there. So <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I think that's why I'm like trying to think of it per, from her perspective mm-hmm. as a character where, yes, because I do think that she has feelings for Ferit and I don't think that that's like necessarily an empty relationship. Mm-hmm. I just think that she's 
still really conflicted and that yeah. she's it's like a I can't quit you sort of a thing mm-hmm. with Sarkhan. Yeah. So I think I think she's torturing herself by following him around and stuff Absolutely, like that. absolutely. Because here's the thing too, and this is another um not a debate, but just people having different perspectives mm-hmm. is uh Miriam actually pointed out that you know, the reason she probably really does even know anything is likely not even because Serkan confided in her, but because they grew up together, she probably lived through her his brother dying. Yep. And, you know, later on, when we get more into this scene, but at one point, Serkan does say to Edda, if I hear anyone talking about the fact that I play the guitar... Basically, I'll know it was you. So it makes me think, I don't even know if Celine knows he plays the guitar. I think she just knows he does something in honor of um, his brother every day that year. Or maybe even that he did gift him the guitar. Hmm. But I don't even know that she knows he actually plays it. I just think she knows that the day is special to him and he kind of has his, you know, dark day. That's a good point. That's what I think. Um because, yeah, I don't even think it was a matter of Serkan telling her about the brother the way he told Edda. I sure. think, you know, I think it was just a matter of she was there and mm-hmm. that's why she knows. Yeah. So <laughs> we're still not even past the first the first scene. Okay. So, let's see. Well, they get back. Okay, so he pulls up to her house. And then we finally have the first words spoken. And she says, they kind of have this weird staring contest before she gets out of the car. He, of Mm -hmm. course, gets out. um, As she does. Um, And so, she finally says to him, thank you for sharing that with me. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, he says... I'll remember you beautifully after this contract ends. And she says, yeah, in 46 days. And he's like, oh, counting down, I see. Do you still regret it? Because you said at the engagement party that you regretted even doing this. And I love it because she says, well, I think it's different now. So basically, she didn't say yes or no, but she's also saying she's in a different place than when she said that four episodes ago. Right. Um, So it implies that, you know, maybe she's not regretting it. Um. Yeah, I think so. So, and then he is very this, sweet. <laughs> this, and I like. her the guitar pick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, again, we've got Aisha and her use of tokens and items as remembrance mm-hmm. and gifts and stuff that is meaningful in a relationship. And this is going to be a big deal. I yeah. can already tell. And she loves it. She's like really – she's so happy. And even when heart, she – The hard eyes on this man's face, I was like, he's a goner. It's he over. He is totally gone. <laughs> he's, because he's in love. Like, he <laughs> is. Well, and he even says out loud, like, you're such an original, unique woman. Like, you value this piece of plastic more than diamonds. Diamonds. And, oh, my gosh. And she's like, yeah, and I feel like I got – it's like when – it's like a famous celebrity rock star gave this to me. Like, she uh-huh. just – oh, my gosh. Like, I love it. This scene melted me. And, yeah, the way he looks at her, the way – um. Yeah, like it 
Oh, I well then yeah. we have another answer avoidance because mm-hmm. uh, he's like you know that's when he's like don't tell any- if I hear anybody talking about the guitar playing etc cetera, etc cetera. and then he's like it's really unbelievable how many secrets I share with a person that I just met mm-hmm. and she's like do you regret it so they're kind of a, a mm-hmm. parallel of the mm-hmm. questions and he is Mister avoidance and he doesn't answer and he just says good night yes and she says good night i mean he gives a tiny little like quirk of his head that you could sort of say was subconsciously him denying it but (laughs) but not really (laughs) yeah they both avoided really directly answering um yeah the question exactly and then she hangs a guitar pick on her wall where she still has that scratched out picture of him. I love that. And this is where the freak out really commences because oh iFair comes in and sees like, hey, well, first I love that she says, shouldn't we maybe get like a better picture of your fiance for you to hang up? I love that. And, you know, because she sees and then iFair basically is like, gosh, you're just such a different person than you were even a few weeks ago. Like. And she's like, Edda, you're in love. And Edda's like, Edda freaks out. And she's like, it's not that easy to give your heart away. And like just completely clams up. And Ifair's like, I don't understand what the problem is. You falling in love with the man you're going to marry. Like, Mm -hmm. and, you know, but she kind of just lets it go. And, um, you know, she leaves. But we've got Edda just standing there kind of freaking out. So then Sarah Khan gets home and sweet Safi runs out to warn him because he knows Sarah Khan to say like, listen, we know it's your birthday, um, you know, but um, your mom has something planned. So just act surprised. So he comes walking in. And if anyone can tell me the version of happy birthday that is, I cannot find it because I cannot Shazam it long enough without there being other dialogue that covers it up. And I... And I cannot figure it out. So if anybody knows who sings that happy birthday song, please let me know so I can add it to our Spotify playlist. <laughs> Anyways. Somebody will. Somebody out there will know. That's what I figure. Someone will know. So, yeah, his mom comes in and, and they pop the confetti and she's like, happy birthday. And she's all excited. And uh, he asks where dad is. And... She kind of ends up complaining a bit about Alptekin because he's already in bed and she's talking about um, how every single day it's the same. He goes to work, he comes home, he goes to bed at the same time, he's eating breakfast at the same time, he wears the same thing to work. And meanwhile, Alptekin overhears all of this. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of an interesting little, I guess we can kind of go, what do you think we can just go real quick? Yeah, it's a a good development for his character. So Yeah. Because uh, essentially he overhears this and the next morning he comes out and he's like looking all casual. Mm-hmm. His style is totally different. And of course, Idan notices and she's like, what the heck? You know, what's going on with my husband? And Safi notices and he heads off to work and she and Safi kind of spend the rest of the day trying to figure out what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Yeah, they like take a quiz and then she kind of tries to garner his interest and, you know, maybe like kind of mend their relationship a bit and yeah he's not super receptive so it's kind of sad um but it is kind of sad like i actually felt bad for her yeah me too me too i'm getting a lot warmed up to i me too i love i really love her i yeah i'm like really loving her especially because right after this um when she's telling sarkon about this initially she's like you know she's like um we you know, we need predictability or we need, you know, fun and energetic and exciting, you know, like your florist girl. And Uh Sarkon's like, oh, is Edda rubbing off on you? Like, (laughs) does Ida Hanem like love Edda? And I love that because I don't think she really meant to reveal that. I think she was just kind of like spitballing and he was like, Uh hmm. So I love that we're – I feel like that's even more like we're going to see stuff – happen with um their relationship you know i agree definitely and then later on you know it's a situation where they keep trying to get uh alptic in to come home mm-hmm. for dinner and to you know she gets all dressed up oh by the way in that birthday scene i was like her hair looks so good yeah Whatever happened with her color, like, I think she got, she must have gotten her hair colored. I was I th- like, I think she so looks too. beautiful. Yes, I think so too. Because later on when she's like in that wrap dress and Safie's like, oh, look who upgraded her wardrobe too. Her hair it's was dark again. Well, but it looked good. But it, it yeah. But, it just looked super blonde for some reason mm-hmm. in this birthday scene. And mm-hmm. I was like, her hair must be a little bit lighter. Anyway, it, she looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like admiring the actress yes nestle han we adore you (laughs) yeah so yeah anyway so she gets a little she gets rejected a couple times by Mm -hmm. him because she wants him to come home so he can watch the video and then she's trying to go outside again on her own oh i know this broke my heart oh me too and safety's like why don't we call alptikin bay he can help you look it's already ringing and she's like in tears mm-hmm. and telling him so she, that she wants him to come home. Yeah, that she needs him. And he's just yeah. like, well, it'll have to be later. I'm working. And like just hangs up the oh. phone. Yeah. So it was like a sad episode mm-hmm. for Idon. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, but uh, after Serkan's little birthday celebration and everybody goes to bed, we switch mm-hmm. over back to Edda's house and Jaren is back. Which is, this is so good because Jaren winds up being her confidant this episode and yes. our poor girl needed that at this point. So, but anyways, um, we also learn too that the Angan and Jaren ship is never going to set sail. They really are just friends. Yeah. Um, and we even wind up learning later on she's actually helping him with mm-hmm. Pearl. Like, it's not even a matter of, oh, we're just friends. But maybe not. No, like they really are. She's like helping him figure out Pearl because he can't figure her out. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, but so they chat about that for a few minutes, but she kind of, you know, confides in Jaren like, well, you know, um, she thinks I'm falling in love. And she's like, well, what's wrong with that? You yeah, know, what's wrong with falling in love with your fiance? And she's like, because like he doesn't like people getting too close to him. I need to distance myself because I'll just wind up getting hurt. Um, 
you know, which I feel like this is a weird conversation to be having when you don't have all the information of the fact that this is fake. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I could see Jaren being a little confused. Like, I would be if I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you're marrying the guy. Like, shouldn't right. you love him? Um. Well, it was the same with Ifair. She was like, what, you know, mm-hmm. are you are you worried about falling in love with your fiance? Mm-hmm. And of course, that's going to be confusing to an outsider if they don't know what's really going on. Right. Absolutely. So, um, then oh, we got a pensive moment. Yes, we do because she's wrapping his birthday gift, but we're yes. flashing back between her doing that and Sercon just standing, not quite broodingly outside, but mm-hmm. just sort of deep in thought, staring up at the sky. And we get a voiceover um, of clearly what is. Edda's inner dialogue with herself and it yeah. says Serkan Bola is a magician he charms people with his mind looks smile touch it attracts people into his gravity field but then he throws them away it's he's like a cold planet that wants to stay alone if you get too close it'll freeze you if you touch it it'll burn you I bet it's better not to succumb to the force of attraction better to stay away from him as he asked so she's obviously warring with herself because she clearly feels some kind of way about him with the way she describes him. Yeah. But she also feels some kind of way because she knows what this is. Um, and yeah. So poor girl is just like, I need to distance myself as she's yeah. wrapping a birthday gift for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, there's. I won't get into it. <laughs> okay. I know. Well, yeah, because we'll meet that we birthday have so gift much again. Still. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So the next morning, we've got breakfast with the Kuzlar. Uh, Melo is all chill about work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, apparently, she's starting a diet. So she's, she's happy to be working for Celine, though. She talks about that because mm-hmm. then she can spy for Edda. And um, she tells her about the dinner meeting that's mm-hmm. planned. So Melo, God bless her. She is just all about her friends and keeping her safe and protecting her relationship with her fake fiance. Yeah. <laughs> so Edda, meanwhile, figured out that it was Serkan's birthday. Mm-hmm. We, we already saw her wrapping his gift, but she just mentions that she found out from social media and she talks about how she doesn't think he lets people celebrate him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got another situation where she's reading him very easily, mm-hmm. even though they don't technically know each other that well. Right. So then we kind of, we kind of already, this, uh, we switch back over to Idon, that whole thing with her mm-hmm. wanting to share the video with Alp Takin and it doesn't work out. Um, yeah. She's kind of deflated. And then, we switch back over to the house, and Sarkon has arrived. He's waiting at the bottom of the stairs outside. And Edda is like, she's like spying on him through the little grates in the. She's the, being all weird. But he sees her and he's like, uh, Edda, like, what are you doing? And so she like comes out. And I love, I love this so much because he's like good night Din, you know and she doesn't really say anything and he's like he's kind of like what and so he says he answers for himself like oh good night and sarkhan i'm doing well thank you for asking Ida. which she did to him like in the first or yep. second episode 
We've got another role reversal. Yep. So it's – I love it because he's like so used to their morning banter chat that like when she doesn't participate, it bothers yeah. him. And normally yeah. he should be fine with that. Like, oh, thank God. It's silent. Like – so she's yeah. completely invaded his space already and oh, it yeah. – I love it. We love to see it. <laughs> so she kind of looks at him and very – uh unsurely is kind of like um this evening do you have plans and he's like no do you and she's like no and then just like gets in the car and it's kind of weird but it's funny because he he then finds out they're gonna have to work at home because the building next door is being renovated and it's loud and messy so basically everyone's gonna go to sarkhan's house to work for the day and right. he tells Edda, oh, we have to work from our home today. And he's like, remember, because everyone thinks we live together. She's like, I get it. I get it. I need to be careful. But both of them, when they look away, smile about the fact that they have to pretend that that's their home. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she gets a little big-eyed at first when uh-huh. he says our house. And he's like, well, you know, because we're pretending that we live together. <laughs> so it's, yeah, they... They both secretly love it. Yes, they do. So, um, so they arrive and Engin announces that they scored a really big international client that they've been working on this for a really long time and they finally got the deal. So this is a huge deal for the company and he, they mentioned that Celine was a big part of mm-hmm. getting this deal to go through. So they're basically going to get all of the preliminary stuff taken care of. They've got some designs they need to get patented mm-hmm. so that uh, only this hotel can have them anywhere in the world. Right. So and it's a is, unique design. It's only, exactly. it's exclusive to them, etc. Um, So then basically it, Layla or not Layla, I'm sorry, Edda is going to get coffee for people, but she kind of like calls Layla over and, it asks about his birthday because she's like, oh, I got all excited because I thought you guys were all here to celebrate his birthday. Right. So she kind of explains what Edda already sort of assumed. Like, we don't celebrate. Like, people even, like, send him gifts from all over. And he basically just lets the employees pick what they want because yeah. he, he just – they're constantly sending him watch after watch and expensive things – like, stuff he doesn't need. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the employees get their pick. And – so she winds up bringing him either a cup of coffee or his jasmine tea. I'm not sure. But he does kind of look at her like because she anticipated him wanting it. He didn't say anything about wanting it. Right. So he kind of gives her a look when she puts it down because, again, she's not saying much. And when they're talking about the patent and all of that, she winds up volunteering like, I'll go do it. I'll file the paperwork because she wants to put some physical distance between them. Yeah, and she needs a minute. So she volunteers to do that, um, and they we get a quick FaceTime with Celine and them saying thank you, which, you know, Ed does like, oh, great. And then Idon winds up suggesting to Sarah Khan in his, like, home office, like, hey, maybe you really need to give her something special to thank her, like, thank her in a special way. And I that's love right. that he's like, yeah, I don't really think that's necessary, Mom, because yeah. – He's supposed to be wanting to win this woman back. And he's like, yeah, I don't really think anything super special is necessary. Yeah. He's like, no, I'll send her flowers like Mm -hmm. a normal colleague. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then 
again, he approaches Edda and he's like, hey, are you okay? And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, all right. Because I think he's already asked her this one other time. Oh, wait, because we missed the the little chat with Engin. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because Engin sees that something is up with Serkan Mm -hmm. because he's got a sour face. So it sounds like he's upset about her him it sounds like he's upset about Celine making the choice of Ferit as far as a relationship at least that's how I assumed Edda took it mm-hmm. yeah because all she overhears is when Ankin's like well if you make her choose of course she's gonna choose you and, you know, even though Engin's talking about professionally, Sarakon's talking about professionally, yep. all Edda hears is that one little blip, mm-hmm. you know, so. Plus, she already knows that he's trying to break up Selene and Fury anyway. Right. So, yeah, so, what else is she supposed to think? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yes, now Edda leaves, you were talking about, um, Right before she leaves and they have a conversation. Right. Because he's like, hey, are you okay? Which I think he's asked her this a couple of times now. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, okay. And then, of course, because he's a man and doesn't think, he's like, by the way, can you order Celine some flowers to say thank you for her help with getting us this into this new sector? And I love it because, you know, she just rolls right with it. And she's like, well, I'm not going to order them. Like, you forget I'm a florist. I'll make them for her myself. Do you want the note to say anything special? And he says, you know, just that the work that she does for the company is important to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, which that's fair enough. Like, that's a that's allowed. Um, But, you know, of course, she's like, okay, so he again asks her one more time. If she's sure she can handle the patent. And she's like, yes, I said I could. I know what to do. And he's like, okay. Because this is the only copy that we have of oh this my thing. Gosh. Now, listen. So many people pointed out, like, you would never just have one copy, one copy of this. However, I'm guessing it's because it's so secretive. It's so important. So original that they don't want to just risk having other copies anywhere. Sure. So the less, the better. But, yeah, clearly that's a recipe for trouble when he says it's literally the only one we have. <laughs> so she's like, well, I said I could handle it. maybe, you guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what does our girl do, of course? Because she has, again, taken on a task that's over her head. That that just seems to be – Serkan just really pushes her to that. Um, but I love that we kind of later on – I love that we get a different perspective um, on that, but we'll get there. So either way, she's in over her head. And so the second she gets out of earshot, she calls Fifi and she's like, please tell me you know things about patents because I don't know what I'm doing. I got myself in over my head again. And And good old Fifi's like, girl, I got you. (laughs) Totally. So um, then we switch over. Now we're at the holding. Um, Malo and Selene are chatting, and Malo kind of starts to let her mouth run away with her a little bit regarding how um, Edda and Serkan first met at the university with the speech, and Selene wants to milk that cow for all she can. Yeah, she can tell something's up, and she's going to keep bugging Malo about it this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we switch back over. The patent is now done. Fifi clearly knew what to do, was helping um, Edda with it. And off Fifi goes because she gets another phone call, mysterious thing that she has to take care of. And uh, Edda's like, what in the world is it that you do? Like, what do you do? What is your job? And it's the new uh, JJ, where's your hometown? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we switch over to uh, Ferry and he calls Khan. And he's like, dude, what's going on? Why would you show somebody else that contract? I sent it to you. I didn't send it to anybody else. And Khan is acting. He's playing innocent. And he's like, oh, I had no bad intentions. I sent it to a friend to be funny. And, you know, uh, Sarah Khan is used to scandal. It's really not a big deal. I don't know why you're getting all bent out of shape about this situation. So it does seem like Khan, not not Khan, <laughs> it does seem like Ferry did this not meaning to be malicious, especially because we do see this conversation between him and Khan. So that made me feel a little bit better about Ferry in this situation and that right. he wasn't actually trying to destroy anybody. Yeah. I mean, he's still dumb because it's like, how many times have you been warned about Khan, especially where Sarah Khan is concerned? Like, yeah. so maybe he's your friend, but he's clearly not a friend to the holding or to art life. So. Exactly. So he needs to wake up and listen to everybody who's been telling him that Khan is dangerous. Right. So, um, Edda now is back at home. and Or no, I'm sorry. Khan calls Melo after this. And basically, they make arrangements to have lunch together at her house, which is also Edda's house. So, meanwhile, Edda's at home making the floral arrangement for uh, Celine. Jiren shows up. And this is probably one of the best scenes, just in the sense that Edda finally gets to, like, empty her poor heart. Yeah. Because, again... Jaren's like, what the heck is this note? This note that you wrote for him sounds like a love declaration. Yeah. What are you – this is your fiancé. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And poor Edda just can't take it anymore and is like, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. I need you to not tell anyone else. And, you know, she basically spills it all out for her. We get the idea that, you know, some time has passed and she has told her everything from start to finish. And, you know, Jaren's like – Whoa. Okay. I was really glad that she finally spilled to someone. Yeah, because here's the thing. Yeah, nobody in Sircon's life knows, but his mom does. So yeah, if he did need to spill to someone, he could. I mean, I don't think he – I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he will need to confide in his mom at some point. Maybe this coming episode because of everything that happened at the end of this one. But, sure. you know, he's always had someone that he could at least commiserate with about this if he needed to. And she has not. So she finally has Jaren. And yeah. then we learn about this bee orchid that she put in the flower arrangement. Yes. And because we actually knew the name of this flower, I went ahead and got a little I'm, bit better of a I'm definition of it. Because I didn't even bother doing any research about this flower. <laughs> so, I mean, because she kind of explains it, but the translation's really weird. So I just yeah. looked, it, looked it up for myself. And – Basically, a bee orchid gets its name um, from its main pollinator, a certain species of bee, which is thought to have driven the evolution of these flowers because there's nothing about the plant itself for the bee. So on its own, the bee would never go over to pollinate it. 
However, because it doesn't have, I don't know what the right word is, like not juice, but like there's like not like nectar or anything in it for it to like attract a bee to pollinate it. So what it does do though is part of the flower looks like there's a female bee on it. So it attracts the male bee because he sees they want to pollinate where the female bees are. So it thinks there's a female on the flower. It then goes to the flower and uh, because it thinks there's a bee on it. So basically it draws them in with the promise of love and the bees attempt a mating, but there is no bee to mate with. So they land on this velvet textured lip of the flower. The pollen is transferred to the bee that has landed on it, but that poor bee is left sexually frustrated. (laughs) So after Edda explains this to Jaren, Jaren's like, oh, so it's basically a lie, which clearly is supposed to be being painted as a parallel to the situation that she just explained to Jaren about the relationship with Sarkon being a lie and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I took it as the bee orchid is supposed to be representative of, like, the scam, so to speak, that she's participating sure. in at the moment. Totally. So, that um, makes sense. yeah. And then, so. um, I think it's Jaren even that says, so these flowers are only alive because they lie. Mm, that's right. And I wrote, Aisha, you queen. <laughs> Seriously. Mm hmm. So she basically swears Jaren to secrecy, tells her to help her stay focused on, you know, the whole point of this to begin with, that this man she's so fascinated by and enamored of is, you know, basically the cause of a lot of trouble in her life. So Jaren's like, okay, I'll help you stay focused. Um, Edda decides she's going to take a shower before she goes back over to work. So basically, this whole scene is for the purpose of Khan showing up at the house. He sweet talks Melo a bit. Basically, what this all boils down to is he sees the contra- or he sees the designs laying there, takes photos of them. Ed yeah. gets out of the shower, so Melo rushes him out of the house, and that's that. But not before yeah. he got the, you know, not before he was um, unable to. Sorry, not before he was able to mm-hmm. take pictures of everything. So we already yeah. know troubles brewing where that's concerned. Yeah, the second she left the patent out, I was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I know this is coming now. Ugh, uh-huh. I can't believe more trouble from Khan. I know. Ugh, anyway, yeah. So, and I guess we can just cover, because Khan basically calls, he has somebody else duplicate it. Yes. And then post it online for sale. So right. So that it looks like he was the one who came up with it first. Right. And are, well, like, I even took it. Who copied it. I took it as he wants it mass produced so that it's not even necessarily that he gets the credit for it, but so that it's like you're claiming exclusivity, but this company sells it to the masses. Like, okay. I don't even think he was trying to get credit for it with that hotel chain, just something to make the hotel chain go, oh, this isn't an original design. You you ripped off this thing that already exists and has been sold elsewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. He's just falsifying, trying to falsify their original design. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of all. I mean, he comes over, he drinks lemonade. Yeah. But Milo has to rush him away. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. So 
What's next? Oh, so we find out that Angen won't ever fire Erdem because he's like playing with the horse and being really goofy. And Serkan's like, Angen, I look forward to the day that you fire your assistant. And basically he's like, that won't happen. His dad did something very important to me. So Erdem will only leave if he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so Layla sees she brought all the gifts mm-hmm. that uh, every company sends every year for Sarkon's birthday, and she kind of asks him what he wants her to do with it, and he's like, Layla, you know what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Pick something that you like. Take whatever you want. I'm not keeping any of this. But one thing he does is he grabs a little box of chocolates, mm-hmm. he surreptitiously takes the card away that says that it's for him, and he places it at Edda's desk, and I died a little bit when he did that. Me too. Oh my gosh. Oh my. I love it. And Layla totally sees what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Because now everybody knows that chocolate is a part of the contract because of, you know, everything coming out and, um, you know, Edda correcting it. Like, that wasn't even about diamonds. I was just saying he had to buy me chocolate whenever and he's doing it. So, and he literally has no reason yeah. to do that. So, oh, yes, I no, melted. No, he's just being thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so he also ends up mentioning that he doesn't think that she's going to remember his birthday. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, guys, this is such a role reversal, mm-hmm. this whole episode, because he's being all sensitive and vulnerable, and you can tell he's feeling self-conscious about the fact that it's his birthday, and he's thinking that Edda is going to do something, maybe set up a dinner. But he it sounds like he doesn't want to hope for any of that. Right. So he's saying stuff like, yeah, I don't think she's going to remember it's my birthday. My birthday's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. No, kind of trying to play it off. Mm-hmm. So all that's brewing, and Celine gets her stupid flowers. Melo sees the note. Yeah. And as Celine walks out of her office – Good old Malo takes a picture of it because she's like, uh, yeah, what the heck is this about? Yep. So, um, Alptakin is meeting with Celine because we find out every year he does get Sarakon a birthday gift, mm-hmm. but he never gives it to him personally. He gives it to Celine to give to him. Yeah. And, um, it's a first edition printing of The Little Prince. Mm-hmm. which this then made Twitter and Facebook and every fandom platform explode. <laughs> yeah. Because a book is never just a book in Aisha's no. Deezies. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Do we want to get into this now or later? Uh, let's get into it later. Okay. Okay. So we can get in. Yeah, we'll get into it later. Okay. Um, so put a pin in that for now, guys. But... So we go now. It is back at the house for work. Oh wait, but he has a quick conversation with Celine. Oh, you're right. He's concerned about the holding above anything, mm-hmm. and he just tells Celine, "Look, you guys need to find a way to work together. Eda and Ferit could both be temporary in your lives, mm-hmm. but the holding is going to be forever." That's kind of what he's saying, right? Essentially, and you guys need to find a way to work together and make this company last. So that's his admonishment to Celine that she needs to sit down and talk to Sarah Khan and they need to figure out a way to do business together mm-hmm. no matter what their personal lives look like. Right. So now, sorry, Ada's back home. 
you know, well, home, but work. And of course, she's kind of being distant and tells Sarkon like she did his bidding. Here's the, you know, papers, everything's filed. And she says, can I leave now? And I love it because he says, no, go sit down. And I'm like, I miss it. The first time I'm like, oh, because he wants her to see those dang chocolates. Like, uh-huh. and also, well, go it's ahead. It's funny, though, because she just sits next to him. She does. <laughs> she just sits next to him. And she, again, she begins to ask about tonight. Like, I think maybe yeah. she was going to try one more time. But then Celine walks in and is like, my flowers, I love them. And she gives him this ridiculously long hug oh that Sarkon is very, very not into. And he's yeah, con- and he's shocked. Yes, he's he like, is. Why is she giving me this big of a hug for some flowers that uh-huh. I sent to her? Well, and it's funny because he kind of looks at Edda and then kind of is like, okay, kind of participates in the hug a bit. Um, but then... Edda sits down and um, she sees the chocolates and kind of looks at Layla and she's like, where did these come from? And Layla says, I don't know. But her eyes are like pointing to Sarakon and Sarakon's like glancing back to see if Edda has seen them yet. Like, oh my gosh. But then Melo grabs her and is like, come with me. Tells her about the whole note thing. And she shows her the card. Yeah. And so Edda basically is like, well, then just be my eyes and ears. You know, like, I think she just kind of wants that conversation to end. So she's like, just be my eyes and ears and tell me if you notice anything like nefarious. Well, and Melo, right before the end of their conversation, she's like, okay, so now you tell me what's going on with you because Mm -hmm. I can tell that you're upset. And Edda's like, no, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And Melo's like, yeah, sure. I know you better than anybody, but okay, whatever you say. Yeah. Love it. So uh, Angin then brings up celebrating his, like, the birthday in front of everyone. Like, maybe tonight we can go out for your birthday. And Sarkon says, no. And Celine says, do you have plans? He glances at Edda real quick and says, possibly. So he is holding out hope that she has something planned for him. And my heart, like, bursts into a million little pieces because, gosh, he is just... He's gone. He, he's gone. He's a dead like, man. <laughs> it's like it's I, all over for Sarkon. Well, then he's asking about the contract leak. And Celine is like, oh, yeah, we haven't found anything out. Mm-hmm. And he gets all protective. And he's like, no one has the right to interfere in my private affair, in my private life, or my life with Edda. Tamam. And <laughs> she's like... Yeah, okay. And he's just not going to have any. No. And I was like, oh my gosh. I know. I know. So, man, he, so then he is like, I don't even want the company lawyer dealing with this because this is a personal thing. So he asks Engen, don't you have that lawyer friend? Now he knows that it is Edda's friend, Jaren. So this man is purposely tying himself to Edda even more. By having her friend become his personal lawyer in oh, this yeah. matter. He knows exactly what he is doing. <laughs> yeah. And then we get yeah, to see. no accident. Sarkon the, would not do something no. like that as an accident. And I love it because, of course, as soon as Jaren comes up, Peril gets all like her hackles go up. And she's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, call call her, Ingen. Why don't you go run to her? Oh, wait, you can't. <laughs> she's so mean. <laughs> Because he's on crutches. She's so jealous. And Sarah Khan's <laughs> looking at her like, what the heck is that about? Like, 
It's I he looks entertained by the fact it. that Pearl is jealous. So oh, I just it's yeah. so funny. It's a good scene. Um it so is. then so then we move on we, to go ahead. Well, because we get a couple really funny scenes with Erdem. Yes, we do. And uh and then later with Jaren. Uh-huh, <laughs> about Fifi. <laughs> So it's basically him just being like, hey, where's Fifi been? Hey, uh, so do you think that Fifi maybe has feelings for me? Because, you know, if she did, I guess you could tell her that I also have feelings for her. And (laughs) And Edna tells him to start wearing more all black, like, clothing. And he says, okay, I'm going to go do that. (laughs) And then really quickly, she asks him, hey, what's in that blue box on the table? And he says, oh, it's chocolate. And then she knows, like. She knows. Mm-hmm. So Celine tries to pry more info from Melo as they're leaving. But Melo now realizes, like, yeah, she already spoke too much. And so she kind of, like, brushes it off. Um, and, you know, that's that. So Celine's like, all right, I'm going to go push some buttons. She's like, you get in the car. I'll be right back. So she goes up to Layla and – um Edda, because they're together. And she's like, hey, I know you guys are both Sarkon's assistants. Which one of you handles um, dinner reservations? He's been saying he wants to talk to me about something. Mm-hmm. And Edda's like, oh, I'll handle it. Yeah. And so she's like, Celine's like, well, I can do this day, you know, sometime in the future, or I can do tonight. And Edda's like, okay, we'll do tonight. What time? Eight o'clock, okay? And Celine's like, oh, like, you're okay with that? Like, you know it's his birthday? And she's like, listen – if I was jealous of um, any woman or every woman that Sarkhan had meetings or meals with, he wouldn't be engaged to me, would he? Like, basically saying, I'm not a jealous person, which, funny, because she totally is. But girlfriend it, plays it off very well. Yeah. Like, she's not letting Celine know that she's getting to her, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, she holds her own. She makes the dinner reservations. And that's that. So then we have some more. Um, oh, really quick. I know we kind of covered all the con stuff. But when he's having those designs made, I I wrote down, because he tells the guy, like, don't worry about it. Money's no object. I want to know where he has all this money. Because didn't we bankrupt him a couple episodes ago with that, like, job bid? Like, how is money not yeah. an object for you to just be copying this stuff? Like, Aren't you in over your head on a job you bid on way too low? So anyways, that's just a thought I had. So we move on. We have some Ed Sarah staring back and forth from their, uh, you know, perspective spots where they're sitting. And Angin smartly tells Layla, hey, clear Sarkon's schedule tomorrow because he's going to be looking at the land that they're going to be building and designing on. Um, So just clear everything because he'll probably be gone all day. So, um. Then Perel kind of starts in on, you know, is Ada really capable of this? She doesn't even have a degree. She this and Engen jumps to her defense, and we love to see it. He puts Perel in her place, regardless of the fact that he it's becoming clear he has feelings for her, but he doesn't just let those cloud the fact that like she's being a snob. Yeah, well, and she doesn't even really realize mm-hmm. that she's being a snob. Mm-hmm. She's it's it's funny. She, I think, is a little more of a robot than Serkan is. Yes, like, absolutely. She seems way emotionally constipated and mm-hmm. is, like, trying to 
wake her up and draw this stuff out of her. Uh Hey, sometimes people should be given a chance parole. And she's like, I don't even understand what that means, but I have to go back to work. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he's like, maybe you need to look more carefully so you don't miss anything, which clearly has a double meaning. But yeah, girlfriend's like, oh, I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah. So Serkan finally comes up to Edda Mm -hmm. and he's tired of it because they've just been like hot glaring at each other for the Mm -hmm. last however long. And he comes up to see what her issue is. And he's like, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. She's like, nothing. He's like, why are you so far away? And I loved that question because he can tell <sighs> Me too. that she isn't there mentally, that she's all distracted, that nothing is okay for her, and all that she can answer I'm sorry, never mind. She's like, oh, did you forget that you wanted me to stay away? Weren't mm-hmm. you screaming for that? Isn't that what you wanted? And he's like – well, <laughs> so he says, what did you write in Celine's note? Mm-hmm. So she tells him, you know, you em- what is it like you embellish my life with your presence, something right. like that. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what, did I exaggerate? She's challenging him, uh-huh. obviously. And he's like, no, you didn't, not at all. Gosh, so these like, two idiots. <laughs> I know. She's like, Celine's in love with you. All you need to do is gain her trust. And he's like, in what sense? What are mm-hmm. you talking about? And I actually, I did screenshot this. I just yeah, because her, her answer was good. Um, it was a good answer. Yeah, she's like, those false compliments you gave me, the romantic gestures, the deep looks, give her real romanticism, not the kind you gave me. And yeah, she's she basically saying, like, do what you've done with me, but mean it with her. But he does mean it with Edda. She just doesn't realize it. Yeah. So he's like, you can go. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't like what she's saying. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. And she's like, well, I was going anyway, Serkan Bay. And again, he just says, all right. <laughs> well, when she walks away, he's like, Bay, like, because that's putting more distance between them because she's yeah. calling him Serkan Bay. Yeah. Um, so then. Edda reminds him before she leaves that she made dinner reservations for him and Celine. He's like, okay, when did you make them for? And she says, tonight. And he goes, you know, tonight's my birthday, right? And she says, I know. I talked to Layla. She said, you don't really like it to be celebrated. She goes, I can take the reservations back if you want, if there's someone else you prefer to spend your birthday with. Mm -hmm. And again, there's way more being said than just that. I said they're playing emotional chicken with each other because they are, you know, he clearly did not want the message that she wrote in the flowers to be that personal, but he can't admit that. So he's like, oh, yeah, you did great. And then when she's like, oh, is there yeah. someone else you want to spend your birthday with? He's like, no, you did well. Good job. Gosh. And so she's like, good. That's the right answer because Celine will see it that way, too. She'll know that you chose her and that that's going to send a clear message. And then she just leaves, but she takes her chocolates with her. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then we get this Serkan and Angan bro time. And God bless Angan. Um, because, again, it, they're kind of talking about Ada, the fact that it's his birthday. And I took screenshots yeah. of their conversation because it, you know, it was good. He tells Angan, like, because Angan's like, what's going on, man? Just confide in me. 
And Aang, or Sarah Khan's like, okay, this is a one-time thing, so enjoy it. <laughs> so he says, I thought that she might have planned something for the occasion, but unfortunately she didn't. And he says, Ingen says, listen, buddy, maybe she was ashamed or embarrassed. She's, she, she knows you don't like celebrating your birthday after all. And he says, no, she just didn't want to plan anything. And he goes, well, why didn't she want to? He says, or, you know, you could just tell her yourself if you cared. Like, maybe you won't die if you put your pride aside for once. What is this all about? He says, Ingen, tonight, tonight, the night of my birthday, like, he's... <laughs> He's making, he's so upset and he wants to make it very clear. (laughs) It is his birthday tonight. She arranged for me to have dinner alone with Celine. He says, now I understand that she should do something like this. And he goes, what do you mean you should, she she should do something like this? He goes, well, you know, she is after all my assistant. So it had to do with work. Of course, she's, you know, this is her job. And he goes, well, because he, he slips up a little bit there. Like he's talking to him like, like Engin knows that they're not really engaged oh when he's like when he says it's of course it's natural that she would do that and Ingen's like what are you talking about and that he kind of backtracks with the whole oh well you know she's my assistant okay you're right you're right so he says okay brother i agree that she's your assistant but she's also your fiance maybe she felt a little jealous what is she supposed to do and Sarah Khan's like, where's the logic in this? Why would she act like that then if she's jealous? Like, And I love it because Angan's like, listen, you always say that, that you don't understand women. And he says, but isn't it stupid to expect someone you don't understand to be understandable? <laughs> and and Sarah Khan looks at him and he's like, oh, I'm very grateful to you for this enlightening conversation, Angan. Now I'm completely confused. And Angan's like, listen, women – even if they're madly jealous, can sometimes act as though they're not. He, and he's like, you know, because Jiren's been teaching me about about this lately. And he's like, hmm, Jiren. He says, yes, brother, she's an attorney after all. He's like, the blonde Jiren. And, um, you know, he they just they kind of tease a little bit. But basically what he's saying is she's probably jealous but doesn't want to show it. So she's acting the polar opposite, which – is exactly what's happening. He hit the nail on the head. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So Edda is back home and she's uh, with the girls. And they're like, Edda, what are you talking about that Serkan is going out to dinner the night of his birthday with Celine of all people in the world? And you planned it. Like you arranged for this. They're like, what the heck is wrong with you? Why on earth would you do that? And understandably so. So... She ends up telling them, oh, you know, it's it's a trust test. You guys aren't sure about him. So this is going to be the way that he's able to prove himself and to prove that there's nothing between him and Celine. So plus she kind of admits that she was a little embarrassed and mm-hmm. that she couldn't find an appropriate place to take him if she were going to plan something for dinner. She's like, where am I going to take him? To the soup hut down the street? Like... <laughs> Which is called Star Town, by the way. Okay. Anyways, keep going. So they're like, well, you know, if they make really good soup, what's wrong with that? (laughs) So they're kind of encouraging her, but, you know, she admits that little bit of vulnerability to her friends Mm -hmm. that 
He's been to every super nice restaurant in the world. How am I supposed to compete with that? How am I supposed to find some place that's appropriate to take him? Yeah. So then uh, she's like, well, now I'm hungry, so I'm going to go eat soup. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go eat there now. So. Yeah. Okay, this next part, you guys, this, I know I've said my heart melted like 50 times already, but Sarah Khan gets to this restaurant first and he's waiting for Celine. And yes. he's appreciating the view. And I said, look at how our girl has helped shape his perspective already. And, you know, because Celine sits down and she's like, oh, I hope you weren't waiting for me too long. He's like, no, I was just enjoying the view. Like, how lucky are we that pretty much wherever we are, we can we can get a view of the sea. And she's like, it's the same view all the time. What are you talking about? With and it's echoes. funny. Yep. Uh-huh. That's what he said to Edda, and mm-hmm. we get a little flashback of that. Yep. So it's interesting because he's realizing, oh, shoot, like my perspective has changed because he clearly didn't like the answer Celine gave, but it was the very answer he gave just a couple weeks ago. So um, I love that. We just we see more of these shifts in him. Um, and so it's gift time, and she gives – She's like, here's your dad's gift. And, you know, Sircon's like, oh, I see he's not giving it in person because he's afraid of getting close. So my theory about that is because of the fact that they lost his brother. And it seems that maybe he was the favorite, um, at least for at least for uh, Alptekin, that not this doesn't, you know, obviously we know logically this makes no sense, but I think he keeps his distance from Serkan because then if he happens to lose him too, he somehow thinks it won't hurt as much as it did losing his brother. So even though, you know, what that would really do is just plant more regret if you did lose him, that you didn't spend the time with him you had while he was here. But grief is a weird thing and it manifests very differently in everyone. And so I think this is his way of dealing is like, I'll keep him at arm's length so that I can't be hurt like that ever again. Sure, that makes sense. And that would track with how Sarkhan has acted with mm-hmm. other people as well. Yeah. As far as like being emotionally distant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So he opens the book that Baba got him and mm-hmm. it's a special edition of The Little Prince. Yep. Do you want to talk? Okay, wait. Bef- <laughs> well, let's talk about it. But really quick, can I just point out? Celine is all excited about when he opens her gift. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's like the lamest gift. It's literally gives him watches. It's just another wristwatch. And it just goes to show how she really doesn't know him, even though she's known him his whole life, yeah. pretty much. She doesn't know him. If she's literally just getting him the same gift as the masses, like I I felt like that was far more telling than anything else. And yeah. for 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 Sarkon too. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell his face. Like, he doesn't even bother opening the other gifts. He literally just lets his employees choose it. And he was polite and thanked her, but it wasn't sincere. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. So, Little Prince, go. (laughs) (laughs) It's all you, Ashley. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love this book. So, that's – let's just say that first of all. Um, It's – it's one of those books that I think anybody who's ever taken French, you have had experience with this book because it was originally published in French, Le Petit Prince mm-hmm. by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. 
so I reread it last night just quickly um, to kind of re-remind myself. And I tr- I know that everybody, there's a lot of theories going mm-hmm. around. So I told Kristen, I read one because uh, Ramsha in our group, she posted this really great breakdown. And that's the one I'm going to read when you're done. Okay, so we're we're probably going to have some similarities Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's a children's book. So how how much can you dig into it? But Mm -hmm. I was like, I I didn't want things to uh, affect my take Mm -hmm. on this situation. So I didn't want to, like, copy anybody's theories. So hopefully I'm not doing that with Ramsha's. but I did a quick reread, and uh, first of all, let me pull this up, just for some perspective, one of, oh shoot, I lost who posted this. Oh no. It was in the group. Mm-hmm. It was on Rumsha's post. Somebody commented. Sorry, let me find it. Um... Okay. Oh no, it's not on her post. Okay, I'm gonna have to find out who said this yeah. in our group. But we'll give you we'll give you credit next week. I are. promise. Yes, because I I took a screenshot of her screenshot that she shared with us. Okay. Um, because she said she's really interested in Turkish name meanings, so it must have been on the person who posted about Edda's name. Oh, maybe it was Ircha. Uh, it was it was on Ircha's post. Oh, but it okay. was somebody's comment on it. I see. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was because I thought it would show on my thing, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. But she um, looked up all the main characters' meaning name meanings, and oh. Serkan's name means noble blood. Caroline. It was Caroline. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So thank you, Caroline. <laughs> I, yes. I took a screenshot of your, your te, name meanings. Chokte Shakira Jiram. <laughs> so um, we so Serkan's name means noble blood, first of all. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the book that his father gives him is The Little Prince. So The Little Prince essentially is about a little a little boy, a little prince who travels around different planets. They're technically asteroids, but he travels around to different planets looking for different things. He's looking for people, and he's looking for new things. Mm -hmm. So um, the planet that he originally lived on, that he came from, was planet uh, asteroid B612. (laughs) And on that planet, he had a very simple life, and he loves watching sunsets and he's able to watch sunsets as many times as he wants because his little planet is so small. So there, well, that's one of the things when he's really sad, he will watch a sunset to help hmm. himself feel better. Um, so one of his like daily tasks is he has to keep the baobab trees from growing too much. Um, this is for some reason when I was a kid and I read this, this was mm-hmm. like the thing that stood out to me the most mm-hmm. because there's this drawing that the the pi- the pilot is an, is a narrator. It's a pilot who meets the little prince, and he draws this drawing of three baobab trees taking over this planet. And I just remember being just like 
I just couldn't believe this drawing when I was a kid. Like, it just looked amazing to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but I loved that part. Uh, but one of the things that the little prince talks about is discipline. So, like, he every day he has to check all the sprouts that come up on his planet. And some mm. of them might be flowers and some of them might be baobab trees. Well, if it's a baobab, he has to be diligent and he has to dig it out so that those don't take over so we know that the little prince is very disciplined Mm. okay so another main part of this little story is that the little prince falls in love with a rose so Mm. he's never had he's only had simple flowers on his planet but one day a rose pops up and he ends up falling in love with her so um So he says, if someone loves a flower, of which just one example exists among all the millions and millions of stars, that's enough to make him happy when he looks at the stars. He tells himself, my flower's up there somewhere. But if the sheep eats the flower, then for him, it's as if suddenly all the stars went out. And that isn't important. So this is when he's kind of going on a rant about something. Mm -hmm. But we know that The flower means a lot to him, obviously. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to like, I have all these little things. I know. There's, I'm sure there's so much you could go into, really. There really is. Um, There is also an instance in the book where he starts to mistrust the flower. Mm -hmm. So this is an interesting Mm -hmm. parallel that we see here um, because... This little flower is kind of vain, Mm -hmm. and sometimes she'll kind of try to trick him. (laughs) So, um, he, let me find it. Okay. So, she kind of, the the little flower starts kind of pretending to be sick, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she'll do things like call for help, even when she doesn't need it. And so because she's doing these things because she wants attention, she, uh-huh. wants him to, she wants him to protect her and put – he has this little glass thing that he puts over her to protect her. Oh, a flower encased in glass, you say? Uh-huh. So it says, the, so the little prince, despite all the goodwill of his love, had soon come to mistrust her. Mm. He had taken seriously certain inconsequential remarks and had grown very unhappy. I shouldn't have listened to her, he confided to me one day. You must never listen to flowers. You must look at them and smell them. Mine perfumed my planet, but I didn't know how to enjoy that. The business about the tiger claws, instead of annoying me, ought to have moved me. And he confided further. In those days, I didn't understand anything. I should have judged her according to her actions, not her words. Mm. She perfumed my planet and lit up my life. I should never have run away. I ought to have realized the tenderness underlying her silly pretensions. Flowers are so contradictory, but I was too young to know how to love her. Hmm. So he eventually runs away from his Hmm. planet and he abandons his flower. They have kind of a sad goodbye, but he says that he'll come back to see her. Hmm. But at the time when he meets uh, the pilot, he's going on a year after the time that he left his flower. So... It's all kind of about the lessons that he learns. He ends up meeting all these different people. He meets a king. He meets one guy who is interesting because he talks about 
how he's so important because he's very busy and he mm. has lots of calculations to do, which is funny because that's kind of similar to how Sarkon acts. Uh-huh. Uh, and he ends up making it to – he ends up going to Earth and um, he is looking for people everywhere, but he meets a snake. Um, he ends up meeting a fox. And the fox teaches him a very valuable lesson hmm. because um, the whole fox part is is probably my favorite part. Because mm-hmm. The fox is like, well, I can't play with you because the prince is like, hey, come play with me. And the fox is like, well, I can't play with you because I'm not tamed. And so he talks about, okay, what's what does tamed mean? Mm-hmm. And he says it's something that's been too often neglected. It means to create ties. So the he teaches the little prince. For me, you're just a little boy, like a hundred little boys. Hmm. I have, and I have no need of you, and you have no need of me. For for you, I'm only a little fox, like a hundred thousand other foxes. Hmm. But if you tame me, we'll need each other. You'll be the only boy in the world for me, and I'll be the only fox in the world for you. So the little prince says, "I'm beginning to understand. There's a flower. I think she's tamed me." Oh, I know. My heart. (laughs) So later on, when he leaves the fox, uh, they're saying goodbye to each other. And the fox says, here's my secret. Because he told him he was going to tell him a secret. Mm -hmm. It's quite simple. One sees clearly only with the heart. Anything essential is invisible to the eyes. So the fox kind mm. of teaches him about love and things that you care about and how those are the things that are the most meaningful. Wow. Um, I know. So it's it's a really adorable little story, and it's all about this little prince learning about love, mm-hmm. learning about life, and doing his best to um, kind of take care of those things that are, quote, not visible to the eye. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a great little story, and I just love – I think that we may see some – We obviously, we do see parallels. Mm-hmm. And the whole situation of taming, you know, mm-hmm. how if there's somebody – how the fl- he thinks that the flower tamed him. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just – Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a little disjointed, but I liked – I just wanted to bring up those little passages. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it's safe to say Aisha isn't making direct, like, I think I told you this when we were texting, like, there's nothing super direct, but definitely inspired, because yes. she's tweeted a bit about My Fair Lady as well, and the whole falling okay. in love with a florist girl and all this stuff. So I think she's probably pulled inspiration from that story, as well as The Little Prince, Um mm-hmm. There's a theory. I'm not going to read this one, but I'll tell you guys where to find it. Um, it's on Instagram under Turk DZ Gallery. Okay. There's a comment they pinned on one of their posts, and the the commenter is Key B Neats. So K E E B E E N I T Z. She has a whole theory, and hers paints Sarkon as the prince, Celine as the rose, and Edda as the fox. So oh, it's it's very interesting her oh, take like on it. Mm-hmm. So because, you guys should go read it. Mm-hmm. Because the flower is very vain and flighty. 
Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because the fox is the one, you know, they actually tame each other. Yes. And they have that that special relationship. Uh-huh. So her it's very long though. So okay. um maybe when I make the Instagram post, I'll tag I'll tag that um account. Okay. So um but I do want to read Rumsha's because she posted in the group and you already brought it up and it was very good. And it might it might end up matching up with some of the stuff that you said, but uh, Rumsha writes, I was researching on the book Alp Takin gave to Serkan, and here's some hints that I think Aisha's left for us. Um, I could be wrong, but here's my prediction. Uh, it's a story about a young prince traveling from planet to planet around the universe. One of the stories is the prince is on this asteroid, and he finds a beautiful rose and falls in love with it. But to protect it, he puts a glass globe around it. Hint? Maybe Serkan will build walls around Edda to protect her. Even though he loves the rose, he thinks the rose is taking advantage of his love by faking its fragility. He decides to leave the planet because of it. The rose apologizes for not showing how much she really loved him, but lets him go, wishing him well. Hint, is Serkan going to leave Edda after the 46 days that are left in their contract? Will Edda let him go? She decides not to stay in the glass dome as she felt strong enough to take care of herself. The prince reflects on regretting how this relationship went. He realized he should have paid more attention to her kind actions rather than her words. Hint, maybe once the contract is over, both haven't declared their love for each other. They part ways and then Edda goes to Italy to study and Serkan realizes his mistake of letting her go. Hmm. And maybe she's hurt by those actions. The prince befriends a Fox, who teaches him that the important things in life are visible only to the heart, and that it's the time that you spent on your rose is what makes your rose so important. Even amidst a garden of beautiful roses, the little prince couldn't escape thoughts of his own rose. Um, hang on, sorry, I lost my spot. Uh, he just can't replace her. One couldn't die for you. Of course, an ordinary passerby would think my rose looked just like you, but my rose, all on her own, is more important than all of you together, since she's the one I've watered. Hint, mm-hmm. maybe the fox is I fair or I done, or maybe Ada's grandmother. The narrator was a pilot, and he came to know about the love of the prince and uh, that keeping the prince on earth would hurt him. So before, prince le- before the prince leaves, he tells the pilot that in one of the stars I shall be living. In one of them I shall be laughing. And so it will be as if all the stars were laughing when you look at the night sky. Sometimes you have to let people go because to keep them would be to trap them. But letting them go can be the truest demonstration of love there is. Hint, will Edda and Serkan never unite? Will they always have an unrequited love for one another forever? Will they never say I love you to each other? And she says, in the end, the little prince is a story about a suicide. He dies for a rose, a fragile sentimental flower on his tiny planet that he fell in love with as a child. Both of them were too shy and too naive at the time. And now that he's finally learned to love, his flower is far away on another planet. He killed himself so that the time he spent with her would become eternity and his love would remain pure. Hint, I hope not. (laughs) I don't want Serkan to die, but we all know that something's really fishy with his health, so maybe that leads to this. Oh, gosh. So- <laughs> yeah. See, the, the interesting thing about his his death at the end, because mm-hmm. he, he lets a snake bite him, mm. uh, but it's the way it's painted mm-hmm. is he's like, no, he tells the pilot, don't come, don't follow me. You're going to think that I'm in pain, but I'm just going back to my rose. 
Oh. So it's it, the the way it is in the story is it's like that's how he's leaving Earth to go back to his planet. Okay. Because him the way he traveled around to the other planets isn't very clear. The pilot thinks he caught a, a pack of birds and kind of like uh, took a, hitched a ride with them. Okay. But at the end of the book, he's basically telling the the pilot, look for me in the stars. Mm-hmm. You'll see me on my planet when you see the stars twinkling. I'll be back with my rose. Which So that to me would make a little more of a case for Edda being the rose. But I – so again, you know. Yeah. The parallels, uh-huh. you could interpret it different ways. Well, and it's so, fun to read everyone's – yeah. It's it's like interesting to read people who've all clearly read the same book and are watching the same show <laughs> are drawing entirely different yes. conclusions. So it's – and yeah. And so Aisha could be drawing entirely different things than any of us, like um, – and how she's using it to be inspired for the show. It's yeah. what – it's yeah, it's part of what we love and also frustrates us when we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. So uh, now that we did that whole dissertation, yeah. um, we are back at birthday dinner and <laughs> gifts have been open. And Sarkhan basically tells Celine, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes, because she kind of brings up like, oh, your dad, you know, said that we need to learn how to get along, you know, that he wants to leave the holding to us to run. But, you know, we need to figure things out despite mm-hmm. Farid and Edda. And he points out that Edda is really the only one that has nothing to do with the holding because Farid has a job there. And then he says, sometimes I get the thought that you're with Ferret, Ferret, <laughs> Farid, just to piss me off. And he, he says, she goes, you know, and I think that you're pissed that I broke up with you and that I'm with Farid. Because you don't abandon Serkan Bolat, he does the abandoning. And he says, Celine, please be careful what you say. Yeah. Um, and she says, Serkan, you have made your life for yourself, but you are not letting me make my life. Where does such selfishness come from? Hmm. And he says, if you insist on being with Farid, I'm asking you to sell all your shares to me from the holding. And she says, are you kidding? He says, not at all. Either you'll sell them to me voluntarily or I'll get them anyway. So she says, are you threatening me? He says, Celine, Ferry is a buddy of Khan Karada. Do you not know who he is? Which clearly she does. So he's being a brat. He says, don't you know the damage? Don't you know the damage it can do? Honestly, Ferry, he's not the man for you. And she says, first of all, I trust Ferry. Secondly, you have no right to suggest to me who suits whom. And he says, what's that supposed to mean? And she says, well, is Ada good for you, honestly? And his answer is so good. And again, very telling because he says, no, you're right. But rather, I don't fit her. She must be tired of me already. I bet she's tired. So, you know, he's making it pretty clear that it's not her who doesn't fit him, but like he's not deserving of her and she's probably already sick of him. Yeah. And I love that. And then right after this, um, his phone rings. Mm-hmm. And it's oh a- my gosh. <laughs> so cute. I love my, it. My note. My note is Melo. <laughs> I know. I love her. She 
Yeah, she's just great. I love their little relationship because, you know, it's not weird to him that she's calling. Does it wish him happy birthday? I mean, he answered her call. And he gets the biggest smile on his face when he's talking to her. does. It's so cute. It's adorable. So, you know, she basically is like, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And listen, you know, I wanted to plan a big old thing for you. And Edda said, no, that you don't like celebrating. But next year, brother-in-law, you're not getting out of it. I'm planning you a big celebration. Do you understand? And he's and he's <laughs> like, it. he's like, okay. So I love this because this is the end of dinner. Because the next scene <laughs> is with... What I entitled Chorba Supreme. Oh. <laughs> I wrote, it's just one giant tsunami. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Because Edda is sitting by herself at this little restaurant. She's having some soup, got a nice big chunk of bread, and up walks Serkan. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, what are you doing here? So he's like, well, Melek told me that the soup here is delicious, so I wanted to try for myself. So she's like, oh, yeah. So they kind of start talking about the restaurant that she made the reservations at for him and Celine. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure after eating in a fancy restaurant like that, you know, it's like we said, it's more for the eyes, not not so for the stomach. And you were probably still hungry, huh? <laughs> so he he's like, well... You know, uh, what I, you know, I, I thought that if I'm not with my fiance, people might wonder because it's my birthday. Mm-hmm. Sure, they'll wonder, Sarkon. Sure, they will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they have a funny little banter because she's like, "Don't worry, it's really clean here," and he's like, "No, it's fine. I took care of this when we went to the market, and yeah, like my my, my immune system got strengthened." <laughs> It's like, I survived the farmer's market. I'll be fine here. <laughs> so then he orders the same soup as her. Uh-huh. And uh, the way he looks at her, like. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, it's almost like she can't handle it. Because she's like, how's Celine? And he's like, oh, choky, choky. And it's funny because she's like, oh, so well, but you're here with me? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, girl, get him. Um. <laughs> He, they kind of laugh a bit, and then his soup comes, and then uh-huh. we get another, <laughs> we get another. No, okay. no look, <laughs> you're not the only one affected by this because I was when it happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Listen, <laughs> he squeezed a lemon into the soup. You guys, That's I all he did. I squeeze lemons every day, but. That when he squeezed that half a lemon a few episodes ago, I don't know. He set a whole bar now for people squeezing lemons. And I was dying because after the ratings came out for this episode, I like retweeted them from DZ Law when they posted them. Uh huh. And this Italian fan retweeted my retweet and wrote, When the lemons come out, the ratings go up. <laughs> I, I, this must be a thing then, because I, even if I know, I put in a weirdly hot lemon squeeze. Yes. Well, and it's like the way he's like intensely staring at her while he squeezes (laughs) the lemon into his soup. I don't know. It, (laughs) I don't know, but I also, (laughs) I'm also going to point out that, um, 
someone named Ortal on Twitter uh, wrote, this is probably just a coincidence, but please notice she's sitting in a red chair and he's sitting in a blue chair. And um, because we keep seeing those colors come up, like the red mug and the blue mug when they were in Antalya. Interesting. The mood changing mug. Yeah. And the red and the blue. So someone pointed out that they're uh-huh. sitting in, in those chairs. She's sitting in the red chair and he's sitting in the blue one. So I wanted to point that out before I forgot. Um, so don't mind Zuzu, you guys. She's excited. Um, so, yeah. So he – all that to be said, he squeezes the lemon into the soup. We all fainted and swooned. And then <laughs> – and then, um, you know – they eat their soup, and then we, we kind of just pan to after dinner. They're walking down the set of steps, which Susie, our dear sweet Susie, who has predicted things very well, she thinks that these uh-huh. st- these steps are going to become their version of the cursed rocks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot. But so they're after dinner, and I – you guys, I love this so much. This is maybe my favorite thing ever because, again, it's so telling because he says, Malek said you got me a present. And it's funny because it is like, I'm surprised there's some there's nothing she hasn't said. Of course she told you that. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, listen, it's nothing. It's just a small something. It's going to look really silly next to the tons of things that you get. Mind you, though, he doesn't give a crap about any of those things. But right. he says to her – "Um." Well, I want it. Can I see it? So he really wants the gift that she got him. And I feel like that's so telling because he clearly doesn't care about gifts. They don't mean anything to him. And so. But he knows that Edda, being who she is, isn't just going to buy him some pointless gift just to buy him a gift. Right. So, you know, so she comes back out from the car. She has a cupcake with a candle in it. And it's funny because he's like. Is that from like a bacal? Like it's not homemade? And she's like, You don't eat sweets. Does it really matter? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah, that's logical. That makes sense. It's cute. So she tells him to make a wish and to wish for something he wants most, something he can't have. Well, I love it because she's like, It's like she's explaining to him how to make a birthday wish. <laughs> well, can you like blame her? <laughs> she's like, Make a wish. You know, something you really want, something you can have. And she keeps going on and he's like, yeah, 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 I got it, Edna. <laughs> and then he looks right at her and he blows that dang candle out. I wonder what he wished for. That's literally what I wrote. I put, wonder what he <laughs> wished for. So then he opens the gift and she's explaining as he's opening it, um, I didn't really know what to get someone who has everything. And he opens it. He pulls out the little globe and he says, so you bought me the whole world? And I wrote BRB drowning in my own tears. Oh, my gosh. Because it's honestly, it's so sweet. Like, and it's incredibly thoughtful. And, you know, considering she can't just buy him these expensive, lavish things, like she had to put way more thought into his gift than anyone else had to do. She did. You know? And so he, this is where we all freaked out because she asks him, do you like it? And he just looks at her and then he leans in 
Now, oh my gosh. do you think this was always meant to be a cheek kiss or do you think he changed his mind at the last minute and just gave her a cheek kiss? Uh, look, I was expect I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's going for it. <laughs> because he did not look like he was aiming for her cheek. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I don't know if he just – I think it could have been a last second – Mm-hmm. Just audible, where he's like, "Okay, no, rain it in, freak her out, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, chill out, Sarah." <laughs> and then he made himself just go for a cheek. But I was like, my screen almost exploded uh, just yeah. from a cheek kiss. That was the hottest but, cheek kiss I've ever seen in my life. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it. Yep, and they're clearly having a moment. He pulls back after kissing her and says, "Thank you." and they just kind of have this sweet little moment and he i think he kind of comes back to himself a little bit and so he makes a quick subject change and asks her about her car like how's your car doing and she says you know it's fine and he's like well did you fix it yet and she says no i love my car and i don't want to change it so he basically is like okay and then he tells her that he'll pick her up for work tomorrow because they have to go out to that land and so she's like all right, right. sounds good and he says, but before I go, I I want to ask you something. And he says, why do you still work in the flower shop? Mm-hmm. Like, because she's still working there even simultaneously while working for Sercon. And, you know, her answer, which I'm glad you clarified this. Um, well, because we both ended up with two different translations. Because mm-hmm. yours said something about a gold crown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my translation said... It's like my golden bracelet. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what reminds me of where I came from and what my past is. So Kristen reached out to dear, sweet, wonderful Miriam because we were like, okay, which one is it? Uh-huh. We, know, we know obviously it's some kind of reminder of who she is, where she came from, uh, her roots in that sense because the translations were pretty clear on that. Yeah. Miriam explained further. Yeah. So basically she said the actual direct translation is – gold bracelet and it just basically means um you know that it's something that she can rely on to provide for her Mm -hmm. um you know so she's like kind of like you know when you would um like invest in jewelry and things like that like because it's valuable Mm -hmm. same thing like this is valuable this is valuable to me because it basically provides for my living you know um i can rely on it to support myself so that's what it means. And, you know, and he says, well, you're doing the you're doing the right thing. Like, he basically admires that she's balancing all of this. Um, you know, because she's like, it's what I'll go back to doing when this contract is over, you know, until I can finish my schooling. And so he just, again, tells her, thank you for everything. She wishes him happy birthday again. And we get, of course, our classic Igejalar Edeyildes, Igejalar Sarkonbolat, and they part ways. And then later on, we get a little split scene, mm-hmm. a little montage where they're both thinking about each other. Uh, he's sending up his little gift, and uh, Kristen actually found that on Amazon if you want to get one for yourself. Yes. <laughs> just just search Floating Globe, and you'll find several different ones to choose from on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they each have like – because what is – She's looking at something too, but now I don't think I wrote it down. She's not. Said, she's not looking at anything. She's eating the chocolate that he oh, the gave chocolate. her. Mm-hmm. Yes. So because I put I put two people thinking of each other with their gift. Uh huh. So that was 
I didn't bother to write down the chocolate part. <laughs> yeah, she's just wrapped so, in a yeah, blanket. She's got and the chocolate that he gave her. He's got the gift that she gave him. Yeah. So basically, they're clearly both thinking about one another because, again, he not only appreciated this gift, he's like putting it together, setting it out on display, which he has not done with any of his other gifts. So, nope. So, uh, she's talking about Sarkhan, about how he knows all the names of all the stars. He knows all about mythology and he smells so good. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> but. And Duran is like, uh, Edda, honey, did you maybe fall in love with him? Uh huh. And poor Edda, she's like, I can't. Yeah. So basically, she explains to Duran that. Look, we're already on a timeline with this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's bound to end. It's bound to fail. And I can't get caught up with this. Yeah. I need to stay away. Yeah. So Duren says, well, then stay away. Mm-hmm. Edda kind of resolves to protect herself, to protect her heart, and to stay away. Yeah. So um, now she's having breakfast with the girls. And Edda, basically it's just decided Edda will drive herself to the work site. She tells Sarkhan, like, not not to worry about it. She's going to drive Melo to work because Melo's got some mysterious phone call they're all being curious about. But um, so she – because Khan says he's going to come get her. And she's like, no, no, don't come get me. Ed is telling Sarkhan, no, no, don't come get me. So basically the whole thing is uh, Ed is going to drive herself to the work site, which we kind of already know where that's going to lead because she's driving uh-huh. her Jeep. So <laughs> basically what happens is her car breaks down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. And so she sputters to the stop. Sarkon calls her because he's like, you shouldn't be that far behind me. <laughs> and she's like, I'll be right behind you. I just need 10 minutes for my car to start up again. It broke down. He just hangs up on her. It flips a Yui. <laughs> flips a Yui to come get her. And I love it because, of course, it kind of starts arguing, you know, kind of starts an argument because she's like, you know, you didn't have to come for me. I told you not to come. I called a tow truck, all this stuff. And He's like, listen, what it boils down to is while you're with me, you're going to be healthy and you're going to be safe. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And, mm-hmm. oh, we love it. I love it. Yeah. I said, you well, tell her, Sarkon. Kind of, yeah, and we're back to, you know, kind of that control aspect, but mm-hmm. his his need for her to be safe and her need for – it's funny because as – wild as she supposedly is Mm -hmm. and as spontaneous as she is she's also very stubborn and there is that amount of control that she likes in her own life where she's like i don't need your help i'll take care of it myself Mm -hmm. so these two stubborn babies are just (laughs) getting to each other (laughs) but sarakon wins because she gets in the car with him he calls Mm -hmm. his his dude and is like fix everything on this car and they take off yeah, so she, he just leaves the keys on the, on the on the tire. I know, but who's gonna steal it? It's not even starting. <laughs> exactly. So uh, at the office, Jaren brings Engin to work, and things are very tense with Pearl mm-hmm. because she sees them together. She sees that Jaren gave him a ride. And she just keeps getting irritated over and over at the fact that Jaren is there with Engin. And she says something about, like, oh, I'll break your other leg. She's then, such a brat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so later on, uh, 
Perel brings a document because she's, I think she's just tired mm. of the fact that Joran is still there. So she brings it for her to sign and she ends up, uh, is this when she, oh no, it's later on. But we just have all these tense moments. Yeah. Late, and then later on, you kind of referred to this a little bit. Mm-hmm. We really find out that Joran is just there to be a friend and she's like, hey, Angin. Didn't we talk about this, about our plan, mm-hmm. that you're going to stay away from Parole and you're going to be by me and you're not going to pay attention to her and you're going to pay attention to me. So they have this whole plan that we find out for him to kind of earn Parole's, I guess, her trust, mm-hmm. but like just they're they're trying to get the two of them together. Well, and maybe to even get her to actually admit her feelings. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or acknowledge them. So- that's basically yeah. what all of that was for. Um, so then we have Khan and Melo. I wrote, I'm done with this. I am done. I don't want him redeemed. I don't want Melo's love to change him. I just want him ruined. Goodbye. I want her to find out. And then I want her to be the one to kick his butt. Like, uh-huh. I'm just done. I wanted him redeemed for a while, but no. Like, nope. I'm, do- I'm done with him. Mm-hmm. Because he's just awful. And um, so then... Ed Sarah arrives at the land and uh-huh. she's she's all nervous. Um, like, you know, I know you said I could do this because they requested it, but like, what if I can't and all this stuff. And, you know, it's interesting because he says to her or she says to him um, since or no, I'm sorry. He is like, what is your deal, dude? Like, because she's again freaking out. And he's like, listen, I hired an architect to help. And she's like, oh, so you don't trust me. And he's like, okay, you're just looking for an argument. Like, you've been doing this. What is your problem? And she says, you're my problem. And I love it because he, he, she says, since the day we met, I've been undertaking things that I can't handle, including this engagement. And I love this because he says, Mm -hmm. maybe you just don't realize that there's a lot you can actually do. And so good. Oh, good. She's trying to pick a fight and he's like, no, actually, maybe you're just capable of a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for. Yes. And he says, listen here, the plot drawings and the ideas will all be yours. Okay. But there's Idol Hanum, which is the architect he hired. He says, she will be your advisor. You'll do what she asks you to. Okay. All there is to design is practice. So you won't argue. Okay. And she says, okay. So it's not that he's hired this person to take over for her, but she clearly is going to need guidance. And that's what she's there for. So she says, it's going to take a long time. What what will happen? She asks. Mm -hmm. What will happen when the contract ends? And before he answers, do you notice he like looks down and smiles a little bit? And then he says, I'm sure it'll actually all be finished by then. But if not, you know, Idol will handle the rest. So she's like, you've thought of everything just like you always do. And he says, look, Ida, I didn't take, I didn't hire you into my office to be an architect. This is a job. Therefore, you'll have to make time for this and other things. So he's basically saying, you, you still have to be my assistant while you're doing this. Like it doesn't get to take over for it. So she's like, I'll, I'll do it. I will, I will do it. And she says, and I'll tell you something. Really, thank you for this chance. So she humbles herself a bit. Um, yeah, you well, know, and then they they start walking to 
to meet the ladies who are waiting there. Mm-hmm. And he very quickly just tells her that he believes in her. Yes, like, he does. I believe in you. You can do this. And you can totally tell that that's exactly what she needed, mm-hmm. especially because later on when they're done and she's because, you know, we get a little montage and they're going, they're walking all around. And later on after they're done, she's like, did I do OK? Yeah. So you can tell she's feeling kind of self-conscious and he's like, uh. I mean, we we can get there in a minute because I know we have other stuff. But I just love that he gave her that little boost of confidence before they went into the meeting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after the work montage, we – well, we kind of went over all the, like, um, uh, Air – oh, no. We kind of touched on the Air Dem talking to Jiren thing and stuff. But um, we do get a little quick look at – Peril and Celine chatting. They're kind of just talking about Jiren, Edda, the contract. They're just kind of venting to each other, like the drama with that. Um, and That's then, right. and then Farid comes in, and Celine starts talking about the contract and Jiren, and she's, you know, she's stressing out because she's like, Jiren's probably going to find this, and there's nothing I can do about it because she's not my lawyer, like you know. Um, so she's just stressing because yeah. of the fact that she lied to Farid and it's likely going to come out. So right then you started in on, yes, uh, the work montage is finished. Yep. They're walking away. She asks how she did. And he's like, yeah, you know, you kind of seemed uh, like a newbie, but mm-hmm. uh, you also were very smart and very creative and very artistic and you can tell that she's kind of glowing under him saying all these things to her yeah which is just adorable i love it so she's totally comforted by him yeah and then he calls layla because he's like all right well let's see what the rest of my schedule looks like for the day but she tells him that, oh, Sarkhan Bay, uh, you don't have anything else on your schedule for the rest of the day. And he ends up finding out that, well, Angin is the one who told her that they were probably going to be gone all day. So there's no reason to keep any of his appointments for the rest of the day. Yep. I love it. So he's like upset with her. Like, don't do that ever again. But also, at the same time, he's like, okay, Edda, do you want to go see the port we're going to be building? Because basically, now I've got this open schedule. So, yeah, um, yeah I love they it. Might as well take advantage. Exactly. So, she's like, okay, maybe, um, yeah, let's go see it. Maybe I'll get some inspiration. And he mutters under his breath, fairies don't need inspiration. And oh, I don't think my... Uh, translations even said that it did not so but that is that is what he said and if you remember that's the name he gave her when they met with the guy they bought that port from that's right so clearly that holds a special little meaning she's like his little fairy oh my gosh i (laughs) love that she doesn't hear him say that because she's like what'd you say and he's like oh nothing i was just saying nonsense but it wasn't nonsense Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. I know. So they go and they wander. And um, 
you know, they're holding hands because he's trying to help her. It's very slopey up and down. So uh-huh. um, it's very cute. Their song starts playing uh, gold. If if y'all aren't familiar with it by now, you should be. But um, so he starts telling her, like showing her where the port's going to be. They talk about like the fact that isn't this like so crazy? You're making like something from all this blank land. And mm. he's like, yeah, you know, th- that's my favorite part. The design, the whole process, seeing it come to life. And he says, you know, um, Serkan, or not Serkan, Angan, Khan, and I would swim here a lot as kids. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Khan, like Khan Karada. And he's like, yep, the very one. Yeah. And it's funny because, again, he just starts opening up about his childhood to her. Yep. And she doesn't even ask. And, you know, so she's like, she's just interested, like, oh, wow. So clearly there's a lot of history there with him and Khan. And he's like, yeah, you know, we used to race. We'd do all this stuff. And he's like, we actually still race cars sometimes. Like, we still get together and do that. And she's like, oh, because everything's a game to you. It's not enough to be work competitors, but you have to compete in this as well. And he's like, yeah, I guess it. I guess that's true. So he says, you know, they're done for the day. It's time to go. And he's like do you want to, my house is close by. Do you want to come by? Like, I'll make you some coffee. And she says that she'd rather just go home. Yeah. And he's like, okay, whatever you want. Like, and he helps her back up the hill. And what do you know, though? All of a sudden, (laughs) Engen calls. So (laughs) this is something that everybody has like been over. This is a contract that's already been signed by everybody. Angan calls and tells him, like, hey, we've got all this taken care of. And Serkan is like, Angan, what are you talking about? We need to go over that again. And Angan's like, excuse me? What are you even talking about? This is taken care of. This is work that has been done. We don't need to think about this tonight. You know what you need? You need some love. (laughs) But Serkan... Being Sarakhan, and sorry, but we all know that the whole reason for doing this was not because he was worried about this project, but because Edda did not want to come over and have coffee with him. Uh Uh-huh. So he's like, (laughs) all the employees meet at my house so we can do this. And so he gets off the phone, and Edda's like, so I guess I'm not going home? And he's like, well, you're one of my employees, aren't you? Oh, my gosh. And so, but you know what's funny? He gives her like an eyebrow raise and then he turns his head and it's like a little secret smile. So, uh-huh. you know, he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. So really quickly, I don't I kind of fast forwarded through this, but basically I is working some baking magic on Melo. <laughs> yeah. She like hypnotizes her with mixing the batter and basically gets her to talk all about Khan and what's been happening between them. Mm-hmm. And of course, like she's nervous because of, you know, he's not on good terms with Serkan. She doesn't want to upset Edda, blah, blah, blah. Ifair is kind of like, man, are there no other men than the ones connected to Serkan? But okay, why don't you bring him over and we'll have dinner and I'll judge him. You know, basically like we'll figure it out from there. We'll see what his intentions are. But don't keep this from Edda for long because you guys are sisters and you shouldn't be keeping secrets from one another. Right. And hopefully Ifair can see right through Khan. That I is sh- my hope with this whole situation. Me too. 
So we also do another quick aside to the Bolat uh, households and um, because Alptekin, again, just isn't coming home. Mm-hmm. So Aidan sends Safi to basically go spy on him uh-huh. to see what the heck is going on. Yes. Uh, so now we get the official con making the phone call, having his guy put this stuff up as if it's been on sale for a while Mm -hmm. and as if it's available to anybody in the world who wants to buy it. Yep. So all that's being set into motion. Um, Meanwhile, Edda walks outside to the patio at the house and she was going to go get some coffee, but then she sees Serkan's there and turns around really quickly and like walks away. But he calls over to her and he's like, Edda, can you come here, please? And he again asks her what's up with her weird behavior. He's like, and I love it because he's like, yes, I know we have a contract, but this is different. You're, I want to know why you keep running away. Something's up. He knows something is up. And so, you know, she, we get a tiny bit of a confession here because she says, she just looks at him and says, yeah, my mind is confused. Yeah. And, but that's all that she's willing to admit. And because of what happens next, that isn't necessarily the best thing that she could have said. Right. So it's, it's hard because, you know, because that's all she said, we know why she's confused. We know why her mind is confused. But in the context, all that Sarkon knows is that she's been acting really weird. She's been trying to distance herself, obviously. And then the little bit that she tells him is, my mind is confused. And then she walks away and the, they go back to the team. Yep. So um, Idon notices the work party, but um, not a whole, she just basically wants to know what's up. And she tells Safi, like, bring them treats so I can see what's going on. Nothing really meaningful comes of that. Um, so we're back at the team meeting and everyone's chatting about the new business, all this stuff. And who calls? <sighs> Stupid con. And I put horrible jerk. Mm-hmm. And you just see, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, this scene is horrible. Mm-hmm. All I, I put crap. Whoa. <laughs> because. I know. They, like, tell Angie not to answer. I think it's Peril, isn't it? She's like. Don't answer the phone. He All he ever does is make us miserable. <laughs> so, essentially, it looks like the patent got leaked. Well, well the patent did get leaked. Right. <laughs> and they find out, and Serkan immediately zeroes in on Edda. And he's like, Edda, there's only one person who had the one single copy of this patent, and that person was you. And she is immediately offended. And why wouldn't she be? Yeah. She's like, because he's like, how did he get this? And she says, I don't know. And he's like, you can't possibly tell me that you don't know where he got it. You were the mm-hmm. only person with a copy. There's only one copy in the universe. Yeah. You cannot truly tell me that you don't know how he got this. And she's like, I don't know what else to tell you. And he starts saying horrible things like exercise your brain because no one else could do it. And oh, I wanted to smack him when he said that. I know. Well, and then he's like, and he starts putting what he thinks is two and two together. You've been distant all day because you're guilty and you and you feel guilty about this. Mm-hmm. And then that's when her light bulb turns on and she's like, 
if you're implying what I think you are, I like I'm done. Yep. And you know, even Angan tries to jump in and reason with him. Like even he doesn't believe Edda would do that. Yeah, they're like, you do realize what you're saying? But he's hurt and upset and confused. And because she hasn't really given him an answer for her actions, yeah. he, you know, part, listen, a lot of people are dumping all over him for his brash reaction. But I'm like, but really, what else is he supposed to think? Well, like, yeah. Because and he, yeah, she's like, she basically is like, I realize what you're accusing me of, but. If you're serious about this, I'm leaving and you will not see me again. Yeah. She is upset. Like, and rightfully so. It's a really offensive thing he's accusing her of. It is. And, you know, so they they have a bit of a stare down and the hurt in both of their eyes and the anger is so well done. It really is. And – we, this is now, I said, this is like a trigger word now for all DZ lovers because oh, what does he, what does he say to her? He says, geet. Geet. Go. I was like, no, don't tell her to go. And she does. She turns around and poor thing as she's walking away, the tears are welling up in her eyes. Like she is so incredibly hurt by this. Yeah. And I was like, and that's how they end it. And I put BRB drowning in all the angst that I begged for. <laughs> yeah well and i understand why people are upset with yeah him, but you also have to remember the long history that he has with con mm-hmm. he has never really opened up this way to give his heart to give his trust to somebody like this and now when he finally does it for all intents and purposes, it looks exactly like she has betrayed him yeah it really so does so it's really one of those situations where you just feel for both of them because right. you can totally understand where they're both coming from. Yes, absolutely. Like she had every right to have the reaction she did. Like, how dare you? And if this is what you think of me, I'm out of here and you're never yes. going to see me again. Yeah. But based on the little tiny tidbits he's been getting from her, if anything, and how weird she's been acting for the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. you can't you can't help but understand why he thinks that. Like. Yeah. So, and because the fact of the matter is he doesn't know her that well. And, you know, the fact that the first thing that introduced them was the fact that she accused him of ruining her life because he revoked her scholarship. I mean, that's a motive for revenge right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So it's like, okay, listen, I know I asked for all this angst, (laughs) but I – if this is going to follow a similar timeline to EK because EK episode seven was also the Geet episode – Um, I can't wait for more episodes for them to like finally kiss. So I'm going to need something to happen this week or next because (laughs) this is too much. At least next week. At least next week. Like. I could see them. I could see it not getting resolved this week. uh Uh-huh. Sure. You know. Yeah. I could see this being drawn out for one episode. One. That's all I'm giving you guys. Yeah. (laughs) One. After that. We got to we got to get these two together. Yeah. So, by episode 9, there better be some kind of declaration. And like yeah. even if it's like they're in the middle of arguing and fighting and one of them just like lets it slip that they've like fallen in love with the other one, like like someone said, wouldn't it be great? And now I'm so sorry. I can't remember which one of you said this, but basically like 
they're in the middle of a heated argument. And normally where she would say, I hate you, Sarkhan Bolat, she says, I because I love you. And he's like, the feeling is mutual because that's what he <laughs> always says, you know? <laughs> I'd be down for that, like an angry declaration. And then he just kind of like grabs her and kisses her face off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this could be our little prince leaving his flower. (gasps) Yeah. Because he has missed – because he's grown to mistrust her. But maybe in the next episode, it'll be him learning – to trust her actions and not her words because obviously it's going to – we know eventually it's going to come out. Yeah. She did not give Khan this stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's going to be our, our little prince parallel for that <sighs> storyline. Well, I'd be okay with that. So, yes. So anyways, um, I don't think we went quite – I mean, I don't know. We had to break this up into three different recordings because of audio issues, but – I don't think this was quite as long as I thought it was going to be. So I think we actually did okay. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the longest we've ever done, but um, it's close. So anyhow, that that's that. I'm sure there's stuff that we didn't touch on. I'm sure there's maybe things we missed. So if you guys have other thoughts or um, theories, we'd love to hear them. Shoot us an email, uh, dizzy4dzpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us, of course, on all the social medias at dizzy4dz. And, you know, uh, we just love and appreciate you guys. And I like, I'm amazed at how many new listeners we keep getting every week. Like, um, it's just incredible. We've loved like getting to interact and kind of, you know, virtually meet so many of you. Like we just love this community so much. And so I just wanted to say thank you. Um, But yeah, so if you guys would also be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform, it does help uh, the podcast get found more easily. So um, other than that, I think we've talked all of our breath out. So I don't really have anything else to touch on. so other than that, we'll be back uh, in a few days later this week with Bayanlish episode nine. So until then, Gouda Shadows, host Chakal.